0: Hi and welcome, I'm Jeff Hunter, and you are listening to Coaching in the Clear, the podcast committed to helping you learn about coaching. Coaching is more popular than ever, and we believe that sharing in-depth personal conversations about coaching experiences is the best way for you to learn whether coaching is for you and how you can get the most out of your coaching practice. We are especially interested in how people use coaching to unleash their potential while creating market-leading big change businesses. Coaching in the Clear is a production of Talentism, a business dedicated to helping the world's most ambitious leaders achieve their ultimate goals by systematically turning confusion into clarity. We send out a weekly newsletter called The Sense Maker, where we offer our latest thinking about issues affecting big change companies and their leaders, as well as provide other helpful content to enable you to unleash your potential. Learn more and sign up at talentism.com. Today, I'm speaking with Dave Fano, the founder and CEO of Teal. Dave is an architect by training and a serial entrepreneur by compulsion. He founded the successful building information and technology consultancy, Case. He then sold Case to WeWork and took on the role of chief growth officer there, where he was a key driver of their meteoric growth. I met Dave when he started uh, his latest venture, Teal. I remember when Dave was first talking about his career experiences and how he wanted to make things better for the people who actually build companies, the employees. He told me that it struck him that the way people think about their careers and their jobs was broken, and he felt that the need to create a company to fix that. That compulsion led Dave to create Teal, an incredible group of people dedicated to providing the education, community, and tools to help professionals build successful and fulfilling careers. I'm especially grateful to be talking to Dave today because Teal is one of Talentism's first IP partners and is using our Big Four framework and methodology to help people create their own unique path to professional excellence. I encourage you to learn more about this amazing company at tealhq.com. That's T-E-A-L-H-Q dot com. Dave, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the conversation.
1: Thanks, Jeff. I'm super honored to to be a part of this as you know someone who I look to as, as a mentor and um, someone that's really paved the path for some really incredible things. And so I'm really appreciative to, to have the time to, to talk to you and, and to do this with you. So Dave, um, the way I understand it,
0: at Heal, you provide career coaching. You've worked with me, you've partnered with talentism. So, you know, our approach and thinking, and of course, I know you've done a lot of coaching over time as a successful executive. How do you think about the value and importance
1: of coaching? So I, I think coaching is, is critical. And I think that for anyone to push beyond their their understanding of their limits some kind of external force is incredibly valuable right i think um you know for the short time that i had a personal trainer i was able to push myself way f- they were able to push me further than i was able to push myself just cuz i think we kind of um you know we we like to play it safe we don't want to hurt ourselves we don't like to fail and so th- there's something about having someone who, you know, has your best interest in mind and helps you push to what they think your potential is. Um, and also that they've seen it done before, right? I mean, a lot of, I think life is quite lonely in the sense that we're doing these things and we're experiencing them for the first time and, uh, and having that broader perspective. Cause even though that thing we're experiencing for the first time, there's a high likelihood someone else has experienced it. And so I think that that is a lot of the value that that coaches bring. I I do think there's an important distinction between coaching and advice, um, and you want both, but I think that distinction is important. Now, all that said, that's not really what we do at Teal. (laughs) Um, I think that coaching is a component of what we do, and we're trying to be quite cautious about how we engage with the theme of coaching. Um, I think one of the things that's inherent in coaching is this one-on-one relationship with an individual. And I think one of the things that you guys have done great at Talentism is that you're establishing it as more of a platform, um, but you're still obviously have your association to your coach that is using the platform. We're hoping to take that a step further, mainly because we want to make it accessible to more people. There is a an inherent cost structure that comes with you know the livelihood of a person being based on you know advising in this one-on-one high-touch way that I think is great for those that can afford it. And a lot of times it's funded by companies, but we really want the consumer or, or the person that works at companies to be able to do this and have agency with their career. And so that puts the, the pressure on us to figure out ways to make this cost accessible and really leverage technology and develop a platform and, and a methodology and framework that allow people to do it on their own without the need of the high-touch one-on-one coaching. So then that pushes us to invest in tooling, content, uh, and, and frameworks that people can do in a self-guided way with the ability to level up into a coach as necessary. But even that, we're trying to figure out ways where that can happen through chat or other low-cost um, models, again, mainly so we can make it accessible to more people because that was kind of one of my contentions that you brought up earlier on in the introduction, is that these kinds of resources that I've been incredibly lucky to have, I got later in my career once I was sort of fiscally eligible. I'm I'm very, I have very few regrets, but I just think that if I would've had access to these kinds of things earlier, I might've made better or different decisions. And I, I really wanna help people get access to those things sooner. So that's, that's kind of, so I think there is, there are aspects and essences of coaching in what we do, but in terms of like a delivery model and methodology, we're trying to, to break some new ground.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about something that you said at the beginning of what you were talking about. So I've shared with you that, you know, seven years ago when I started talentism, I really didn't intend to start a coaching organization. I had these theories about the human mind and and how things work and and uh, a way to unleash potential um, and I, and it turned out that what I thought was going to be a consultancy ended up being uh, very much a coaching organization because as I worked with leaders and brought this these frameworks and this way of thinking to those those leaders they said hey would you would you coach me?" And so then I went out and started trying to figure out the world of coaching because I'd never done it before. And, and, um, I know there's a lot of incredible coaches out there and I wanted to sort of respect the craft as also, also learn about my blind spots and ended up really differentiating or at least trying to differentiate what I was trying to do from what I experienced most coaches trying to do. And I think you brought up a little bit of what I experienced most coaches trying to do, which is be, um, almost like a change agent or an accountability agent in a person's life. Like there's a, I'm going to push you or I've got a better way of doing something. And what, what we've been trying to do is figure out how to be a good detective in your life to help you make sense of the evidence that you're producing as you try to achieve your goals. So it's really not an attempt to provide a place of security or safety. It's not an attempt to say, hey, listen, you said you were going to go out there and, you know, apologize to people and you didn't apologize or whatever the thing is, the the pushing of the towards a person's limits, but more to help them gain a level of self-mastery, uh, um, a, a level of self-awareness, a level of self-skepticism and self-acceptance and use experiments along the way to Try to produce more evidence, more data, so you can sort of see who you are. Um, so help me help me connect that because I think when I think about the coaching sessions, you and I have I've found you to engage with that methodology really well. So can you help me understand what I may be missing in what you're saying? Did I misinterpret that? Or do you see like different coaching in different situations?
1: So I think the methodology is incredibly powerful and I think it's amazing. I just know what I pay for coaching and a lot of people can't. And and so what and 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 so I think it's that high touch component of it that I think it's that's part of what makes it remarkable, but it's also part of what makes it inaccessible. And so I want to try to figure out what are the parts of it that can be extracted and made more accessible via technology and automation, which hopefully then can guide people through a journey to know when to engage in that at the right times is because I think that like point coaching could be super valuable, but also part of what's built into like the coaching business model is a need to kind of keep it going, right? Like there's, we're going to be monthly. I'm going to get you to a monthly fee because that's just the nature of business. Recurring revenue is good. Going out and reacquiring customers every month is really expensive and, and costly. And so there are, and, and look, this is just, I think, kind of the, one of the tensions uh, of commerce, be it employee, employer, you know, uh, service provider, service receiver. And um. I think you have to be like fiscally eligible enough to get that kind of quality of service. And then what happens is there's a like nonlinear relationship of cost to quality. And I think as you get down to the low-cost coaching, I don't I think that there is a, a serious diminishing of quality. And then not to say that there aren't remarkable coaches, but the volume of coaches is also much, much higher. And so the chances of someone engaging with a coach and them not being helpful are quite high. And I think that then the scales tip from not helpful to hurtful. And I think that's really dangerous because I think people, especially when it comes to navigating their career, are really looking for a safe place to talk because there's so much judgment and pressure around talking about things like how much money you want to make or that some of the, the vulnerabilities you have because you have to maintain this identity um, of confidence that people actually quite quickly entrust a coach. And if these coaches aren't experts like you with the experience that you have, they can very quickly misguide somebody. And, and you actually give them quite bad advice. And I think it's actually quite easy for people to lean into giving advice and not follow like proper coaching methodologies which are hard and you have to be practiced at and so i think that's the the big concern for for me and then kind of what we're trying to tackle at teal that it's less driven by like a human to human interaction which allows for a tremendous amount of judgment in a very vulnerable space and making a bit more systematic and predictable, and not necessarily in terms of outcomes, but at least in terms of experience. Yeah,
0: that that makes a lot of sense. And um, as you were speaking, I was just reflecting on something that happens to me a lot of days—not all days—but the you know I'll be talking to maybe five, six CEOs or founders in a day, and I'll end the day asking myself, "Did I do a good job today?" Because I believe that responsibility of a coach to be fully present for the person and and engaged in what they're going through and suspend judgment in the pursuit of investigation of what's true and try to you know put aside our own biases and beliefs just so we can at least in our methodology be true to the the framework and try to process the information well. And every day I, I end up wondering like uh, whether I did a good job. And, and I think that, um, you, you know, in big four, that's the nature of how we think about these things, right? Is it is not pleasant to wonder at the end of a day whether you did a good job. And yet I think it's the very nature of a pursuit of excellence. Um, and I've seen you do this and many other people. Is like the harder you work, the more you realize how far you have to go to be excellent. Um, And so you work even harder and are open to the question about whether you're even doing this right. And so you keep pushing and pursuing. But I can imagine that the difference between somebody in my position being able to afford the time and the pressure of being able to do that every day um, to challenge myself and somebody who's trying to handle a much um, broader scope of people is different. I, I did want to ask you one thing that you were talking about. Um, so one of the things I think has been really clear, and, and everybody I work with, and I'd say you're an especially good case of this, um, they have pretty good self-awareness, and they care about that. Like, they want to be self-aware. Uh, absent self-awareness, I think it's almost impossible to get better at something um, because you spend most of your time caught in your internal narratives about how everyone else is... Um, to blame for what's going on as opposed to seeing where you are in that picture. Um, what have you found in the world of teal with regards to a career, a person who's going through a career change or a career challenge and how they bring a sense of self-awareness to that? Are they just trying to get into the next job or are they really able to step back in your
1: experience and sort of reflect and think about, you know, a bigger picture? That's probably been the most exciting and intimidating part of these early parts of the teal journey. Is it's so complex what people are optimizing for and the the way that they've crafted their life, either um, you know uh, strategically or opportunistically or proactively or reactively to get them into the situation that they're in and and watching them navigate all those things to make that next decision to, you know, people who get laid off and say, well, this was great because I was never going to quit. And now I can take the next three to six months to figure out what I want to do to someone who abruptly quits and says, I need a job in a week because I was so miserable, but I really don't have any cushion, but I made that decision anyway. Um, And so just like watching and dissecting the way that people make decisions and what those triggers for them are has been really interesting. And we're actually going through an exercise now trying to archetype people and it's really hard and it's, it's, we're not going to be able to just like bucket people. It's going to be these different dimensions and just seeing where people are on those scales of what matters to them. And, you know, is someone a saver so that they can make these decisions is someone, um, you know kind of a bit of a planner but not a saver so they're less willing to take a job that they don't like Uh where are they in their career you know are they is this job one or is this job seven are they why are they pursuing compensation because the world has told them to or because they really need the money uh, and how have they attached like compensation to self-worth and identity there's Our careers make up such a massive part of our identity and they trigger a lot of parts of our biology. I think that, you know, amygdala hijack is a real thing in career management, but it's not life or death in the same way it was that our amygdala was kind of like built to do when we were being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger or something, but we confuse ourselves. And that's been really interesting to see like where is someone using more of like the calculating parts of their brain versus more of these like animalistic survival parts of their brain as they make these career decisions and it's been super fascinating and to say that i've got like patterns it would just be way too early
0: yeah so um dave i think something that you, you and i have talked about frequently that as uh, part of not only our ongoing coaching, but also as part of the partnership between Talentism and Teal, and I think is embedded in in what you were just talking about with regards to what people are like and what their context is, what their situation is, uh, is this, co- this notion of how individuals pursue their individual or unique path to excellence. Uh, embedded in this idea is this concept that um excellence really is being good at what you do being good at your craft or your job or your or your responsibilities is really the only sustainable competitive advantage even in the midst of huge disruptions in how work gets done with technology and global markets and all those kinds of things what you see is that people who are truly excellent tend to have um secure environ uh, secure um uh, security um, and the people who don't can be much more at the whims of bad managers, bad leaders, bad companies, et cetera. How, when you're working through coaching individuals or working with individuals and giving them the toolkit that Teal is giving them to help them think about not only what they want to do for a living, but what they're really good at, how do you how do you guys think through that and how do you work through that?
1: so it's early days for us on on that front we've been laser focused on on helping people land jobs you know given the current climate Uh, and a a part of that is understanding what they're good at and this is where one of the reasons we're excited to partner with you guys because you've done a lot of work um on that front what we have done some work on is that we've we've developed our own what we're calling work style assessment it's more of like a behavioral assessment Um, it's got a lot of learnings from DISC, uh, which is a pretty common workplace behavioral assessment. And, and we've kind of put a little bit of our own flavor on it. And one thing that was really important to me in us building it, which is I saw in a lot of flaws in these assessments is you can't take them multiple times and compare the data and you, and they don't have a lot of like three sixties. Some do, um, but it's, you know, those then you have to like hire a consultant to read you the results. And so I wanted to do something a little more self-serve there. And that's been really interesting, seeing how someone perceives themselves versus their reputation, right? That's kind of the distinction Hogan makes, um, which I think is a good one. And that's prompted some great conversations when someone would say, even in, for myself, right, I, one of the, the, the words uh, pairings is questioning and accepting. And I was, I put myself all the way maximum accepting. And I think of the 15 people that took it on my behalf, not a single person put me on the accepting side. And part of it was semantic, but then it was like a huge eye-opening for me. I was like, oh, right, yeah. When I do that like intensive questioning that I do, it makes people, like it It comes off as a different way where me thinking like that's my path to becoming accepting. Um, and so it was, I think that that, is really helpful. And I think in the context of shaping your career, understanding how others perceive you, because your career really is influenced by the, the people that enable it, scaffold it, you know, um, pave paths for you. It really isn't this singular thing, um, it has a ton of dependencies. And so that's an area where we see ourselves really investing is having other people that you trust give you that input and making it really easy. You know, so one of the ones we want to work on now is skills, right? I I might have a sense of what I think I'm good at, but I'm also incredibly susceptible to blind spots. So in a way to help me understand what I'm good at, I'm going to start to engage with others and say, Hey, what do you think I'm good at? Like in my last role at this company, as my manager, what were areas where you think I excelled? And I want to leave out the negative because that's kind of not the point Uh, I think you can do that in other ways and then it gets awkward for people to then give that feedback and then they want anonymity and you have to end up having to do all these things to obfuscate the value. So let's just keep it simple and have people tell me what they think I'm good at. And so I think my intuition right now is that that will surface things that either people didn't realize they were good at or they thought, you know, they, they just took for granted. They didn't recognize it. What I've seen oftentimes is things that people are really good at they just think that that's kind of like second nature and that's not worth articulating as a skill but in the pursuit of building a fulfilling career those are the things that unlock you when you can find these things that are these talents that come natural to you and that you don't even recognize them as a skill if more people can help you identify those then i think you can get that much closer to doing work that's fulfilling energizing engaging you know that you jump out of bed for in the morning to do and that's that's really what we're after
0: That's so cool, Um, because I think what you're talking about is the nature of confusion and and, and how to apply that through the lens of Teal. Um, For me, this idea of confusion, I've been working through it for for many, many years or decades, but I always use the um, American Idol uh American Idol test, which is you know, the first five years I watched American Idol, just loved it. Um, then, you know, they picked Carrie over Bo and I had to I had to leave. But the <laughs> but the the thing that always struck me, and of course it's the way the producers cut it and everything, but we have to acknowledge all that they're creating drama, but you could sort of bucket people who are in effect seeking a career change right they're 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 not professional singers who have big record contracts who are coming in to be judged by uh, simon they're they're actually people who would like to make a career change, make a move up and so you had this group of people who um, we're just incredibly confident, incredibly confident. Like, I know myself. I know what I'm good at. I know my skills. And they, they'd open their mouth and sing, and it was like a, a cat screeching. It was just horrendous. <laughs> and then similarly, there are a group of people who walked in who you could just see it in their face and in their narrative. Like, I have no idea why I'm here. I am a terrible singer, but there's something that is compelling me to show up and try this, and then they open their mouths, and they're just glorious, right? And then you've got people you know, in between there on different levels of um, self-awareness and confidence and and capability or skill. And, and to me, we're all just singers trying out for American Idol. We all have different levels of um, self-awareness about what we're good at and what we're not good at. And we need help to figure out what's true because just because you can sing it in the shower does not mean you can sing it on stage. And you need help to figure out exactly how good you are and also what different contexts you're good in and what contexts you struggle in because there's lots – Continuing with the singing analogy, there's lots of things where, you know, somebody's really good in the recording booth and they get on stage and they're terrible or vice versa. It's singing both times, the same skill, but the context is extremely different. And our minds process that context very differently. Um, And so I love how you guys are helping people figure that stuff out because I think having a safe Set of hands, an expert set of hands to help somebody figure out, work through that confusion, help them see what they're really good at, what they're really compulsively driven to do, what kinds of outcomes they find meaningful, and connect them to opportunities that exist out there is is uh, it's just awesome. It's in my opinion, it's sacred work. Um, so it, I'm so I'm so glad. That you're doing it i'm so glad you've moved from the initial conversations we had to actually making this thing a reality uh and helping thousands of people uh and i'm just grateful to have been a small part of of helping you um so Dave, we're we're at the end of our time. I just want to say thank you so much for uh participating in this inaugural podcast. Um, we'll see how it goes. We'll just uh, you know, we'll put it out there and uh see if uh anybody thinks that we're good singers or bad singers. But uh we'll get some feedback and and hopefully get better. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I I really appreciate um being asked to do this and you know that it means a lot to me that you would think to have me as one of the the early people on it so that um i'm incredibly appreciative and uh, i'm excited to see where it goes and you know and i'll volunteer to do another one where i uh, spill my guts out and, and you sort of dissect me live if if that's experiment number two uh, we, we can see oh. how, how the crowd feels about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <clears throat> okay, well, uh, we'll get the anesthesia ready and uh, we'll prep the room and invite you back. All right, thanks, Jeff. All right, thanks, Dave. Coaching in the Clear has been a production of Talentism. It was recorded, mixed, and edited by 46 Ave Studios. Original music by John Hunter. If you found this podcast valuable, please share on social media and make sure to leave a review. To support this podcast, please sign up at talentism.com. There you will find important content and up to date insights about how to unleash your potential. Thank you so much for listening.